This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. Takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Hello. Hey. What's up, man? This is the Carousel Podcast. I am Isaac Simpson. I'm here with Zuki from Twitter. One of the, the more controversial accounts. Definitely the most controversial account. Can I cuss on this? What? You, you can cuss. You can cuss. The FCC is not going to cut down on a Carousel Podcast. Okay. Okay. So tell us who you here. Like I'm trying to get myself in the camera here. Uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't. Yeah, we want to keep you. There we go. Perfect. Okay. So who are you, Zuki? Tell us. Tell us who you are. What do you stand for? Why? Are you, why does everybody hate you so much? Oh, uh, I'm. I'm just a shit poster. And um, well, you know, I, I, I guess I'm. I could say I'm darkly enlightened. I, I'm very familiar with like what Nick Land kind of like wrote about um with um i guess like taboo ideas and, and stuff like that um with with like kind of the we i would say like the overculture that is perm that permeates through like most of western society I mean, namely america you know stuff like europe and stuff like that although i don't, I don't know it's like i think some places kind of recognize human biodiversity and i hear it's not ta taboo they don't have policies that are like what we have here in America. Um, oh yeah, I was just a um, really rambunctious Korean kid. Grew up in LA, and um, uh, I, I don't know if you could see me, but I'm a I'm a, I'm a Chinese guy that's 300 pounds. <laughs> my, um, just just get that. So also so let's have that out of the way. But otherwise, some some people would say I'm Korean. Grew up in like in you know in an LA suburb. And um, I did join the Marines. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, cool. and uh, served in Iraq. Oh shit! So really? yeah, but that was during like, I, I guess like the troop surge time, and um, got to see a lot of weird things there. Um, I, I'd say that was kind of like a. I, I really don't like these pill terms, but you know it, it's so ubiquitous and easier to just kind of state. I don't know what's the normal way of saying it, but you know. Uh, that that's kind of like the beginning of you know my me being red pilled about about um our values even more so our values than like like human biodiversity stuff which i'm also um kind of aware of willing to you mean do. serving in iraq made you red pilled about like what america stands for is that what you're saying oh yeah something yeah. like this stuff like that the Demo liberal democracy compatibility of certain societies oh, yeah. to be willing you know to adopt um like a system of government that america has which is also kind of in bad shape um and then you know this is the uh, number of odd jobs um studied in uh, uh in college um to, so to over like gi bill and yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah but then wow. I, I became a um i used the like you know i could have used my gi bill to become a 
lawyer after college, right. but then I I went uh, used the remainder for trade school. I may or may not be uh, working as a mechanic now, and uh, I'm and yeah, but and anyway, I, I so. You know, I I was in a, like a like weird time in my life. I've um, I hung out with like, like I, I guess more 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 with people centered around the arts, um, entertainment scene. But just, you know, but more to more like hipper, artsier type of people as well, which is even more of an anomaly. Just kind of consider my background, be, uh, like with with Marines. But then before that, I was just kind of like a like a punk rock kid. Hung out with like this like in high school, I was more like. With like the skater crowd mm, yeah. and I, I didn't really um and like going to punk shows you know in high school but um you know the things i got i had some weird moments in my life and then i decided to join the marines um i didn't have to i guess I'm, I'm, or or people didn't think people didn't assume i was going to do it they were going to just they thought i was you know i would have i would stop with my rebellious phase and and uh and go to college and then just progress with that but but then they just guys would just tell me you were like the most punk rock kid i knew in high school and then you joined the marines <laughs> and i'm like yeah but it makes sense right because it's the most like it's like a very contrarian move that i did <laughs> um and then I, I you know what you know one thing i experienced was just that uh people think uh i'm the, like I think the most punk rock people I've ever met in my life were were guys, like American dudes that joined the Marines. Yeah, I think definitely that's right. It's yeah. not, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, there's this like uh, artists are pussies. This is what you realize. It's like you know, artists they 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 like stand in for like being a badass, but actually, like as people, yeah. artists are very like weak. Like, oh, like feminine, not, catty. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, just weird really too. Because actually, the funny, funny thing was, I, I feel like the most catty people I've I've known are bodybuilders. They're just huge dudes. <laughs> that's so but true. That's the weird thing that's is so it, true. They're they're so like female in their in their, they're like, vain. attitude. They yeah, have yeah, to be like yeah. they're literally conditioned to be vain, even though they look like you know they're they're like Arnold Schwarzenegger, big. Yeah. They are like like this. Uh, there's like this weird, um, ironic, contrarian nature of. Of perceived yeah. like spheres and scenes yeah, yeah you yeah. know it's the same way we were just kind of discussing earlier with like yeah. like this whole like incel misogynist scene who and and then they're like they're really the, the biggest the, simps. They're, yeah they're yeah. actually with, the biggest fucking sims in the world yeah that's, yeah that's definitely true so how long did you serve in in iraq uh, it was wow. less than a year oh okay. so okay but i don't only get to you don't want to get into, the, into the, details okay. i've, I've just seen yeah. I, I've seen dead bodies. Did you, did you kill anyone? Uh, no, never. No, nah, I don't really. It's just the dumb, the worst question. But <laughs> I, I've seen people get killed. You seen people get killed? Yeah, yeah. Sort of, like in the distance. I've seen someone get blown up. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Wow. I actually saw like the advent of like drone warfare within oh, Iraq. Wow. I was doing convoy security in Iraq, and I had oh. no idea drones were surveillancing, overwatching our convoys. Oh. And when we were attacked, and during this like night night like a night mission night combo i was wearing my mvgs i couldn't see dick and we were just panicking because uh uh like two iraqis um kind of like nested out and they shot a rpg at our at my at the lead vehicle so there i was like i was my vehicle was in the back our my vehicle team was probably like like four trucks down um and these guys shot an rpg into the lead vehicle the guys saw the fort like 
the rocket fly past their windshield. Um, we all panicked. We didn't know what was going on. And then the two Iraqis just, uh, you know, they launched our RPG and then started running away. Like, like later, like we saw in the distance, like some something just like, like, uh, like you blew them up with a missile or we just saw like an explosion in distance and we had no idea we thought we were being attacked from with from that wow but it was actually your drones yeah it was a drone that was watching us they were probably with like air force special uh, operations command that's wild they sent us to tape they saw (laughs) they showed us like what what exactly happened where we were just like the lead convoy we're just kind of we're basically bait yeah and these guys just like um, you know, fired a rocket, uh, you know, an RPG and then ran off. But, you know, the drone just followed like them and them. then, you know, Damn. just nailed them, line them, lit them up. Wow. That's crazy. And, you know, you know, they, they sent us the tape like a week after. And we were just, <laughs> you know, and it's just so funny because I knew like Marines at the bar were probably just like going to tell tell the story about how they like fired back or yeah whatever (laughs) that's how they got their combat action ribbon but that's not but it's it's sort of like we were just grown bait dude (laughs) i wasn't a grunt i was in it i was served with grunts within that with uh you know my yeah but my mos was i was a pogue or whatever but we once once you're doing like combat security details like you know all the marines they all kind of got four these like hodgepodge units to work in I don't know. I felt like a Brinks rent a cop kind of guy because we did like prison um, prison exchanges. We would we would actually like drive out to Syria, and um, and then the Iraqi police would start living there because it was so dangerous within their own communities. Because like it it was during a time of the Al Anbar um, awakening, um, so that was when like the Sunni Iraqis kind of turned their backs on Al Qaeda. But within that time, there were just like these tribal uh, purges and coups that were going on because like these tribal leaders were like a lot of them were like Al-Qaeda, like lieutenants. And then um, you had guys that were kind of like immediate, like like um, like, you know, status competitors. And they just said, like, yo, this this guy's AQ, take him out. Or they would. So they had like these respective death squads that. you know, killed them, purged them, and then kind of made made an allegiance to form a stable Iraqi government at the time. But they, that all fell apart when ISIS took over and shit like that. But you know, that again, this is like kind of a part of a conversation. Um, I could do it another time. <laughs> but my my whole thing is like what I'm about now is like sort of promoting a certain subculture within America. I think that goes undocumented and they're not very much on Twitter. They're on social media. They're on like YouTube and stuff like that of like guys that still, you know, um, and still illegally street race in on motorcycles. Um, but it's, it's also been like a very, it's also been a culture that I think the political right hates, which is, it's kind of ironic because they hate the regime. They call it the regime. They call it the main government, the regime, Yeah. this, they hate the political establishment and they they also hate the lawlessness of these takeovers, aka sideshows of like elite like uh, illegal street races and this sort of like youth car culture yeah. that um, you know that have um, taken over the streets and you know there's a motorcycle takeover sideshow culture as well, which actually I'm 
You're into okay. That. You're into yeah, that. I'm kind of into that. Yeah. So you're you're talking about like these things where in downtown LA, like there'll be like the streets will suddenly get taken over by like a drag race, like fast. Yeah, yeah. Ferris's, they're doing like drifting. They're yeah, doing yeah, all yeah. these like tricks in the cars, okay. like burning their tires on the fucking intersection. <laughs> um, and there's like a motor, and then motorcyclists are doing that too. And but uh, they're not part of like a formal gang of like yeah. Like the like how the Hell's Angels used to be, but we could go into the history of this. So how does that happen? Like when when one of those things, like yeah, I used to live in downtown, so I would like see these things occasionally, and it's like yeah, like suddenly like eleven p.m. on a Thursday, like a whole intersection is completely blocked off, and they're yeah. like doing donuts and shit. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess there's like a drag race, but like how does that get organized? Is it like yeah, social so, media? Yeah, that... so basically, or social technology, right? So um this stuff was developing since the advent of everyone just having a cell phone yeah. or small or smartphone um having these meetups they're all kind of meeting like you know um i mean the cops are now surveillancing all this stuff too uh, police forces but um you had like stuff like uh yeah it's flash mob culture but it was usually just like there's like different types of flash mobs and white people do it. It's just kind of like goofy little like <laughs> dance trapeze. Yeah. Uh, and then like, but when black kids do it, usually or certain uh, inner city groups, yeah. you know, they they form these flash mobs and uh, taking over like they you know, start robbing and yeah. looting stores. Yeah, 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 yeah And it's yeah. the same type it's of social yeah. social tech type of um it, like um methodology or I don't even know what you call methods methods tactics being yeah. used and that's the thing with with uh, the takeover culture in the US I think uh and in the, I think the best way to counter this and I expect to I expect the hammer to finally come down on this kind of type of stuff well at least with cars and it's gonna be um like actually I think cops should probably just get more motorcycle cops to be able to filter through traffic because what they do is just like they block off the roads the they have other cars blocking off the roads and then you have the main cars doing like all the donuts and crazy shit yeah and then um but yeah they all kind of be, they're able to organize it in like kind of a, almost like a uh decentralized fashion like, yeah, like, how, fashion. like how, do, how does it get organized huh? it just it's just that simple well it's it's Everyone can text to get in group text. They say we're doing it. Yeah, they get, like you get you get some one guys. They're gonna be within the intersection doing this shit. Yeah, uh, and then you have guys assigned to block off the roads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's a lot of this stuff gets the same stuff is happening with motorcycles. Yeah, with motorcyclists. Um, you know, you're, what are, what are you gonna do when you have all these like motorcycles? Like you can you could plow, plow them if you're like a civilian guy like with with that kind of stuff but then like last time you saw like i think a chinese dude like um uh in new york chinese family he ran over a bunch of these like hollywood stunts guys they're sort of like this weird you know stunt gang on, on motorcycles and he got he got you know, he got almost beaten to death really yeah cool. from uh very i mean i don't endorse this kind of behavior <laughs> but it's 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 um you know, I guess youth out of control and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I personally, if I saw something like that, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna have to just sit it out. I'll capture the video best I could do and just tell my boss, if you know, I have to get something <laughs> like, listen, some, somebody like these motorcycles, like, you know, these scofflaws, motorcyclists <laughs> taking over, just pulled the takeover and started doing sideshows in front of me. Wow. And that's my excuse, but 
so have you ever raced have you ever been in a motorcycle race before uh i wouldn't say i wouldn't call it a race but I, i've been i i may have partaken in like a motorcycle crew type of like one of these like kind of illegal street races um what they like to do is they just like to they they meet up at a gas station usually they all fill up their tanks uh they probably they come actually come there before with like with their license plates removed or concealed already and and like you know fill up and that kind of like weighs hell yeah after that yeah, um, yeah, yeah. i couldn't keep up with them <laughs> uh, i was able to kind of walk into like like one um so uh, i'd say the introduction with motorcycle like like outlaw motorcycle culture um it actually could go back to the ninth like like after world war one so there was there were like motorcycle clubs then or actually like social activity was already going on then so like a lot more or and like much more chartered organized you already had the fraternity system the greek system within you know academia and it's been that's always been a thing it still is but um you know everything's kind of like degraded with that but anyway yeah. so with Totally. With, no, uh, I was in a fraternity and we got, we got that. It was like uh, the end of like, I mean, you know, SEC schools still get away with it. You know, like they still in the South, like you can still be like a frat boy, but at Northern schools, it's totally long house. It's like they, they've cut down on everything. They, we got kicked off campus. My fraternity, yeah. when I was there, we got, we got thrown off for, because like somebody's mom told on us for doing some, but I got hazed really bad. I, I got hazed like, you know, I've, I've heard it gets, it can get worse in some ways, but I got hazed about as bad as it gets. Like it's like in terms of, you know, of course you hear stories about shit that's like worse than what I did, but like we got hazed really, really badly. Yeah. We were like the last, uh, I went to GW, George Washington, and we were like the last like animal house type fraternity on campus. We had this beautiful fucking house. I just went back there. They literally, the house is gone. They like uh -huh. bulldozed it to the ground. And now it's just like a parking lot yeah. in the middle of campus. We had like the last like, like really frat bro, like crazy, like beer everywhere fraternity house. And cause all the other fraternities were either just super fucking lame and they were on campus just like nerds, you know, like the multicultural okay. fraternity okay. or rich Jews. And the rich Jews didn't even have houses. They just would like rent a club for the the the, the weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. And but, so but we, you guys had the lowest GPA out of the... We were, yeah, we were like <laughs> by far, we were like the fuck ups of the school. Yeah. And it was like, but it was great. Like we got so many girls, you know, because it was just, we were like the crazy, the crazy guys, you know? And like, we were like the actual, like real fraternity left. And then we got kicked off. It was terrible. It sucked. Yeah. yeah we got literally like, well, removed. Well, a segue they, they, they did this whole thing. They like interrogated us one-on-one. -on -one. They like brought us in yeah. the room and sat us down and like tried to like get us to like reveal the secrets, you know? And I was just like, no, no, no. I just like said no to every, I was just like, no, like just get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say within, like the UCLA system. Oh shit! I didn't say that. Um, I can say that out, but uh, I'm not gonna get into it. But it just with, with um with a fraternity at a certain school I may have gone to. It's just like uh, uh, they 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 had to crack down. I think mostly with drug dealing. So so then you already had like guys just like overdosing on drugs. And I mean yeah. I can't imagine now with the street drug scene today because I had my brother die 
Oh, my brother died. Sorry to hear it. From Jesus. a fentanyl overdose. Oh, but, shit, really? But yeah, yeah. Oh, terrible. But like, um, like I know it's going to be inevitable within, within the college system um, with this like party culture. Like all these people are going to like, they're dropping like flies. Yeah. It's like, you know, doing like an, an ecstasy pill and it's laced with fentanyl. Right. Like fucking overdosing. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but before this, before things were like like a lot shittier, um, you had you had motorcycle clubs already starting after like World War One. Um, and it's funny because then one of the most notorious outlaw motorcycle gangs are the outlaws from within the Illinois area. Illinois, they, Illinois. They started out in Illinois, so you had the outlaws. Um, like by the 1930s, they had a club. But it was really funny. So, so the funny thing is. You know how like hipsters have like kickball, kickball clubs and like softball leagues and shit like that. Hipsters would do this. Yeah, kind of. I, I kind of know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they do. They would have these like team names, like the Pirates and like you know the, the Marauders or whatever. So the so the crazy thing was like the Outlaws as a motorcycle club kind of started like that. It was it wasn't like they were in, they 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 didn't really think of themselves as real outlaws. Yeah, they were but they were just like. Yeah. It was just like a motorcycle club, like all the other motorcycle clubs to have like kind of like a cool name to call themselves as. Um, but then like later, like kind of like the LARP became real. And then now they're like a full-fledged outlaw motorcycle yeah, gang, criminal yeah. gang full of guys that like are dealing, that are pimping, doing uh, drugs and like uh, selling drugs. Um, and they got, they kind of evolved into that within that, within the, outlaw motorcycle culture history um i mean you could all i mean this stuff is all like on wikipedia now so within like so you had like the i forgot what it was called the stone one it wasn't stonewall right it was the (laughs) it's the gay gay one yeah stonewall is the gay no it was the california it was in california uh one percenter right that that that's when the one percenter got coined um more yeah uh but you know before the hell's angels that that came out of san bernardino county actually they had um the history of it was from it was it was just like this motorcycle club like it was a motorcycle club riot in california but i'm trying to fucking like i could look it up there's a that was it was the legendary riot. well I'm gonna like panic and stuff because I don't even know like no, stuff it's on right. the top of my head. No, it's fine. But um, I th- that was like in the 1950s, and then they, you had movies like with starring uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah. Uh, with the Wild Ones. Right, right. Um, um, and that was and they had their club was like the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, and yeah, they had these like you know they're all riding like Triumphs and Harleys and like uh, these right. Like, these Western motorcycle brands. And that's where that's kind of stuff came from. So, so like the golden age of motorcycle clubs, outlaw motorcycle clubs actually really started in the fifties where there were like several clubs. I mean, there were several clubs just within LA, you know, each town had their own unique motorcycle club, you know? So you had like the outlaws out in Chicago. Yeah. In, in Vegas. Um, I mean, in Las Vegas, LA County, you had Satan slaves, what about Hell's Angels? That was so the Hell's South Angels South started. No, 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 they're not San Francisco. They started in Southern California, yeah. but it was in, uh, I believe it's like it was San Bernardino <laughs> County. Oh, okay. So the okay. first club is even Billy Bob Thornton remembers this. <laughs> he says the first club was in Fontana. Oh, it was Fontana. Wow. I can I, I remember this stuff Fontana. like, 
I should have studied here, like done done homework <laughs> on my motorcycle outlaw culture knowledge. Yeah. So they, I think the first chapter was in Fontana. They grew. They monopolized their like kind of like the outlaw brand or one percenter brand. Um, took over LA County and then took over uh, San Francisco, and they basically oust. They basically forced the Gypsy Jokers out of the San Francisco like out, outlaw motorcycle club scene. They almost they basically monopolized by the late '60s. By the time Hunter S. Thompson yeah wrote the book, yeah. you know Hell's Angels, uh, something something saga, yeah, yeah. and uh, even by that time they were already um, you know police police uh, police forces police agencies were already trying to infiltrate the gang, um, um, you know the 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 most notorious like leader of the group Sonny Barger. Uh, you know, he really helped promote that group and turn into like turn the Hell's Angels into like an international phenomenon as like a right. as an outlaw group, as a one percenter motorcycle club. And uh, he was already an informant by the '60s. Now this gets kind of funny because he he was already um, kind of you know within this type of outlaw culture. Um, you know, they were still mingling with like the hippie counterculturalists, the arts people at that time. Like Timothy Leary, you know, and all <laughs> yeah. these like uh, I don't know, call them Mary Pranksters. All these guys like they were making fucking acid. They were giving to the Hell's Angels, and then they right. started running the drug rings to sell all this stuff and distribute them. Yeah. Um, and then within like, like, and Sonny Barger was also like this fervent anti-communist, and then he was willing to work as an informant to, um, kind of like rat on like the radical hippie culture scene. Oh, okay. You know, but it was okay. Cause he was doing it in service of his country yeah, or yeah, yeah. whatever, but he's he was always like an informant. Uh, these these outlaw motorcycle groups have always been like the problem with them is that they're officiated, they're chaptered, um, they're on paper um, groups that that the police will always can always plot to infiltrate and had flip guys into becoming informants. Yeah. Um, I knew I knew some Mongols back, you know, and. Um, for various reasons and and then like you know it turns out president dave um was a police informant and this this got exposed in like the new york times like a, like two years ago the, uh, the, dave was the president of the mongols yeah president dave was the president of the mongols and uh and i don't know i just I'm, I'm going all over this like the story here of the the history and narrative so so by like the 70s the um you had you had, okay so 70s like the, the hell's angels were like dominating the like one percenter motorcycle club scene all these vietnam vets came back wanting to ride like kind of joining the hell's angels and then their attitude was um like one of the dudes was he was a vietnam vet with with these other and you know his his best friends from from that time from vietnam were like his were visibly hispanic men and then uh, they're just like, yeah, man, we're just like those illusion vets trying to find like some camaraderie brotherhood with with you guys. Can we like ride with you as like these like, uh, you know, uh, these outlaw riders? And then the Hells Angels were like, yeah, sorry, we don't ride with Spicks. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and boom, that's how that's where the Mongols were born. Yeah. So the Mongols right. started out as an, as game. a competing yeah. club of like like Vietnam vets that came back wanted to join join the Hell's Angels but got rejected for being too Hispanic basically. Yeah. Um, and then the Mongols and the Hell's Angels started warring. Um, and by that the war was full on by the ninety by the 
by I think late 70s, 1980s. And this was all documented in, in a, in a, and it's on YouTube. You could look up. It's called Hell's Angels Forever, released in 1983. And it's a great doc. It's insane. The footage you see there, like, you you have to watch it yeah. along with, like, not, okay, I mean, it's like the movie, ver like, it's it, it's just a good compliment to, uh, you know, Hunter S. Thompson's books on, book on the Hell's Angels. Yeah, I, I've read Hell's Angels. I, it's, it's okay. I don't really, like, I mean, I guess it was, like, very cool at the time because nobody knew about this stuff, but... Um, yeah, and yeah. it popularized it. It just kind of yeah. monopolized... Um, it, it really helped uh, monopolize the Hell's Angels. Yeah, or popularized, it, it, as you're saying, yeah. Yeah, they, they already... By that time, there was already two movies, like, like dramatizing Hell's Angels antics and shit like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like... Uh, but in Hell's Angels... Um, forever 1983 it was a it was a documentary that exposed the biker enforcement team it was called bet bet um it was a it, it was an operation full of um police informants of like uh, various agencies both san diego la county police departments federal atf fbi they all like these um these guys ended up um infiltrating both these clubs both the hell's angels and mongols and then they ended up just becoming as bad as like the worst guys and worst members in the club resorting to murder, drug dealing to have this kind of like agent provocateur type of setup deal entrapment schemes. And, and then it got so crazy. A police informers had to like kind of blow the whistle on what was going on. But the bloodiest war between the hell's angels and Mongols was basically a police operation where they ended up like setting up bombs, blowing each other's clubhouses and stuff like that. Um, you you already see these parallels going on with the amount of like say the Proud Boys <laughs> in DC during January six. How many of them were like at least forty on record have been police informants? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it seems like it's like all informants. Like everybody in the room is an informant. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's like one guy who's yeah. just like the dunce who's like not actually an informant, but everybody else is like this fake informant. So so that's a good segue. So how did you get into the dissident right, which you seem to be at the, I don't, right involved? I call it the derp right. The I don't really mean right. I'm above it too. Um, well, yeah, it was like I had a I had some history with Gavin McGinnis, and yeah, I was just willing to um, accept certain realities of the world we live in. But but um, yeah, just that's more of like a reader. So I have my personal politics that I don't. I'm not an active political actor, so to speak. I don't go to like city council meetings. I might, you know, I might go to some NRA meeting or something like yeah. that, but yeah. I don't really like, you know, and I have my points of view. Um, but I think the only subculture, really cool subculture left is this type of like hooligan motorcycle riding. <laughs> the, the, and I, call, I consider it more, I consider it radicalism in itself because this type of activity is probably one of the most dangerous things to get involved in. Yeah. And Everyone like you can die from it. You can get arrested from it. And it's beauty of it. It's not. It's not too political, and you don't have the Karens of the world trying to like. Well, but 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 I mean, you are though involved with with our, like okay. You are known as the person who has smoked crack with with Alex Lee Moore. Yeah. So so when did you smoke crack with Alex Lee Moore? I, I think. Why, why is this relevant at all? Like what? what I, is this oh yeah. So I, I guess I made a deep dive, and this is before I started getting into like motorcycle riding again. Um, I, I remember Trump winning 2016 and it was such a great enthralling moment because I didn't even vote for the guy, but I, to, to see him actually win, 
Yeah. Um, it was very enthralling for me. I just, I just, I thought the possible became possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the same way I look at like, uh, it's just weird things like the country of Israel. When I, I, I visited Israel like back in like 2014, 2015. Um, and when you look at the history of Israel and you're just like, I can't believe these motherfuckers did it. If you were to really consider like the history of it, you know, um, it's the same when you look at a, 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 like the Russian Empire having their revolution and it became communist or whatever. Soviet Union yeah. was established. These are things that have always interested me of 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 radical movements, but of revolutionary times that could really change things. Yeah. For myself, I I, I don't I, I don't know. I've become disillusioned with a lot of these things though. But um, but the possibilities are still there. But as as for the the shit posting online. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I I noticed like somehow I got into this sphere of, of this sphere of like so called dissident right. It was back then it was like all these alt right people, and um, and I was I was actually kind of antagonistic towards them like in like with because of all the shit that was blowing up with Charlotte's film, and they're always still Jew obsessed. I mean, this Jew obsession is still it, it's already come to a head at this point. Yeah. Uh, with the JQ. Yeah. And uh, but then like um. Like yeah. Anyways, I saw Alex. Like she was, she was already like kind of being really chummy with that campbot guy account, um, and she would like post her selfies out there. I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, Alex, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> and and then she blocks me from the, on Twitter, and then I was like, fuck this shit. So I just like like fucking reply guy to like all her fucking mutuals being. You know, I smoked crack with this bitch back in like 2013. <laughs> it was her crack, by the way fuck this bitch it was her crack it was her crack and then like uh yeah and then everyone was like what the fuck are you, you weird <laughs> like and then i don't know i just decided okay i gotta go ain't on i gotta just be like this weird shit poster now and um but did you I, actually I, smoke crack with it huh did you really yes smoke crack with i will it? say this under oath i have a <laughs> i will say this yeah i did actually smoke crack with her back in like 2013 it's been it's been 2013 a now. that's a long it's time been a decade now yeah. I smoke crack with her. I was at a party. Um, this party, I had a guy tell me, like, hey, you need a guy buy Bitcoin, dude. It's going to blow up. <laughs> and then at the time, it was Bitcoin was just like 600 bucks. Yeah. And then when I looked at it, I was just like, dude, I could like buy like a, I could buy like a PlayStation 4 and a fucking eight ball of cocaine with the fucking money. I'm going to wait till it drops. Like, I'm going to wait till it dips, bro. And then, you know, and then it's like, now it's like, what, 20? Thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, I could have right. bought Bitcoin at six hundred dollars. Yeah, I think we all have those stories. Yeah, and then she came. She came with a friend of hers, uh, and we were all like kind of ran, ran out of cocaine, and we were still a lot of booze around. And then she was like, "Hey guys, I got some crack," and it's like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna hit a crack. I'm gonna hit this crack pipe with her." She hands she hands me the crack pipe. I take a hit, and I thought I was gonna get a heart attack. And I was like, "Wow, this is crack." I guess I don't really love cocaine as much as I thought. Yeah. So what's crack like? I've never smoked crack. I mean, I think I've inhaled I've, cocaine, I smoked, but I've never like smoked. I smoked crack once. David Cross has also smoked crack, and I believe he did it. He probably did it with Gavin McGinnis. Yeah, Gavin Gavin has smoked crack like a few times. Yeah. Um, I think as long as you've just done it a few times, yeah. who cares? I mean, anything you can do. A couple times. Yeah, yeah. He's done cocaine on camera. He snorted coke on camera. I like I had the video of him snorting coke on camera. But anyway, um, so yeah, like Alex 
No, it's really funny too because if you if you were to you could you could threaten David Cross like his life, and you could just send him death threats and he won't do anything. But if you bring up like smoking crack with Gavin McGinnis, he will block you. <laughs> Hand to God, he's done that to me. So but, do you feel bad though? I mean, do you feel like you're like doxing people? Do you feel like- with Alex Lee Moyer? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just like she's a public figure and I smoke crack with her. <laughs> and I just tell people that, yeah, I smoke crack with the bitch. What's up? <laughs> There's actually a, I've I've done drugs with like cr- like crazier cele- like yeah. much more well-known celebrities, but you know, as a gentleman, I I keep that on the DL. So how have you hung out with so many celebrities? Like why are you Cuz okay? I live in LA and you sometimes meet random celebrities at a club. It's yeah, really random and bar. I'm I know a very well-known actor at like I went to a Santa, I was at a Santa Monica bar and he was like drunk as shit. Like, you know, he was in a very famous vampire movie and uh, he was drunk as fuck. And then I ended up like, like I had a baggie of Coke on me. And then, uh, you know, he was, he was like talking about, Hey, you know, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not this big name actor. You know who I am. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I know, dude. I've like, I watched you as a kid. And, 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 he's, and then, uh, <laughs> But then, yeah, he was just really fucking drunk. And even, like, the bouncer was, like, annoyed with him. But then I was just like, man, this is my time to leave. So, so. Yeah. And so, you know, and we're in the back of the, like, restroom. And, like, I'm just, like, scooping cocaine. like <laughs> <laughs> that. He's a big, like, who, the actor is a well-known actor. I, was Actually, I feel like like one of the actual benefits of total left wing takeover of everything is that actually like drugs now are so like no one cares if you've done drugs like nobody would be like yeah. offended if you did you know what I mean like it doesn't matter like you know I heard like the Trump Hotel in DC you know like when that was where all they they hung out at. Like everybody was hanging out at the Trump Hotel. Apparently, yeah. it was just like cocaine, fuck central. You know what I mean? Yeah, right wing has become such a like. like nobody uh, care? Like nobody actually. Nobody's like, oh no. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I, I, the I, trads care a little bit. Like yeah. you can tell the trads are like, they're starting to complain. Like the trads are starting to complain about like the drug use of like the dissident right. You know, yeah. because but, they're like, oh shit. Uh, because they're like, uh, but um, because yeah, because they're like. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, but yeah, the Bronze Age pervert crew definitely are about being right. party boys. I'm saying it, but it's like yeah, so like you know the vitalist side is like a lot of drugs, but it's like but it but, but it's it is bad. I mean, the fentanyl scene has destroyed everything. Yeah, fentanyl like it's it's you can't even you can't bring the Miami like Reagan era like CIA stash days back because everyone's fucking dropping like flies of fentanyl. fentanyl. Right, right, right. Yeah, it is scary. Man. Guys do it. I mean, you but I th- like. Everybody says this about the fentanyl. I mean, you like, did you what happened to uh the guy from um Chapo Trap House? Like, is that a fentanyl? Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah, but I, I kind of helped start the room. I feel kind of bad because like I, I I got a DM saying he he like he took he was like doing cocaine with like fentanyl in it, and that's how he got went un- unconscious or or had a stroke or something. But apparently that's like not true. So for the record, I'm sure I'm really but but everyone knew that tra- those chapados were doing both. Like everyone knows, there was a thing. Of course, I mean, there was a thing in uh, in LA uh, recently where like three comedians like went into a coma. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. It was like they were at a party and they just like three of them like all at once because they just got one. This is attack. it's back then. You know, you as long as you weren't smoking crack and getting a heart attack or you weren't shooting up drugs. Yeah, it was okay. It's just like okay, you 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 got like a bigger nostril. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
that's the worst that could happen is right. getting nosebleeds and shit and you got yeah. you know you just need to calm down with the yeah the powder yeah but now it's like guys are snorting coke or they're just buying like counterfeit xanax yeah. um and they're they're dying yeah 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 you can straight back dude you were also the one um, that put me on to the Ed Buck party and play. Oh yeah, dude. yeah. We gotta talk about that, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm motorcycle. By that's life. meth. That's all meth. That's yeah, all yeah. Meth. So he would like lure like poor black guys, dude. That. So I listened right after you tweeted that. I listened to this podcast all called White Smoke, all about Ed Buck and like the party and play scene in the gay community. Yeah. People are have no idea about this shit. It's like when people start finding out like what the gay community is doing, they're gonna lose their fucking shit because it is so insane. You know, they they have a no Asians rule. That's <laughs> great. I don't know. They have a no Asians rule. So it's like party and play is like they call it chemsex in uh, yeah, yeah. In, in in England. Here it's like they basically smoke uh smoke meth and do GHB at the same time, right? So it's like the GHB like brings them down and the meth makes them fucking high. Yeah. And they just fuck for like hours and hours and hours and just do crazy Wild shit. Up. Yeah, yeah. Just fucking like all this. And Ed Buck was like deep into the scene. And this guy, the, like the, the gay guy in the thing, he says you go on like any average gay dating app, like 40 to 50% like on the West Coast will be into this shit. And it's just these houses, like these rich guys have houses and it's just like a revolving door non-stop seven days a week just like an endless party of just like get gay fucking and like uh fucking math and ghb and this is like party and play they call it party and play yeah um and like they, this is going on everywhere like all the time it's like very common yeah they also gay dudes just fucking offset the whole body count debate among women straight like heterosexual women have had more like sexual partners than like our mothers ever will in this age like our grandmothers, like if you go down the line, you know, like I think my mom wasn't a virgin when she met my dad, but still, it, she wasn't like fucking like like dude, the body count style, like the it's like in New York City, it's like thirty easily if you're a woman, um, oh, yeah. inner like reaching the age of like twenty eight and you're single, you fuck thirty dudes. Oh no question, more probably more, more. I mean, especially now in co- you're talking about high school, college. Yeah. Then the city, I mean, by the time, like an average girl who's just hasn't been in a relationship, she's got to be like up to 20 by the time she even moves to New York. You know what I mean? Like all things considered, you go through that much time. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't really care personally. It's, yeah, and then they'll be it, like, it, well, you know, actually, me. men on average actually has more sexual partners. Like, yeah, those guys are gay. <laughs> those guys, like the gay dudes are having sex, with, like 50 dudes. Yeah. And then they're just, they're reporting that number. Like if you were to do the heterosexual stuff, like there's guys who just like they they went through they're in like a pussy drought. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, the the, the whole eighty. Oh yeah, they're having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Because think about it, if you're a guy and you can bang whenever you want, you're gonna be fucking twenty times. A day. I mean, like three times a day. Why wouldn't you? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like yeah. I've been I've been hit on by gay guys. Yeah. Like I could yeah. like if you know. So I I'm I'm technically a bull cell. So, but like, <laughs> but like. Yeah, I mean, if I was actually gay, I'd get, I'd be getting uh, laid more, getting my dick wet, or or dick, dry, dick, or dry, shit on, shit on. <laughs> getting like all uh, the time. Yeah, I'm getting, yeah, yeah, I'd be getting my dick wet all the time. But it's, it, but yeah, okay. but like, um, oh, this is another debate. But I'm not getting into that. But you know, um, 
my main concern right now is spreading it like gospel would be a motorcycle radicalism thing but otherwise yeah i'm just a shit poster i have my political takes and but you're like a true shit poster because what i what i what i love about your account is you are like truly on your own like you are not part of any group you're you shit on everybody equally yeah and you will like say stuff that's like very red-pilled that's like not what you're supposed to say which i really admire that you know because again like so many people in our scene are so like socialized. They're so like hyper socialized in their and they can't, they in start- their little bubble, you know. Like like yeah. you said about the bodybuilders, like they have their little like their who's who, and like here's who we like, here's who we don't like. Like these are our people, these are not our people. They're like such like clicky women, you know? yeah. and just it's, yeah. and it's so like I I, hate, I, I've always hated that. Yeah. I've always hated, like, I'm not a joiner like that. Like, I'm not like, I, I always, as soon as somebody's telling me like, oh, you need to like, not talk shit about this person. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. I should say also, Alex, I mean, I'm sure she's going to be pissed about me platforming you, but I have had nothing, but you know, she has been nothing but nice to me. So I have nothing bad to say about her. And also who cares? I mean, so, so what we, somebody did drugs once like, yeah. And then she, she, she actually hired a lawyer to write as wrote a cease and desist. No, that's the funniest thing was when she was like, I think her quote was like, like in like information will always be free and, and 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 she's 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 with like the whole alex jones stuff like you shouldn't be silenced like yeah. we're, we're true dissonance yeah, right. we need to be your freedom and then it's like yeah until it's about you and then you Dude. hired a, lot, a lawyer yeah, to write a cease and desist about yeah. me to silence me threaten right. threaten me yeah. to sue me just because i said i told everyone here on like on the internet i smoke crack with you yeah and then like whatever happened in the whole, like you're the putting me, speech. you're trying to put a gag order on me. Yeah. Which is, and that's just exactly like the wrong thing to do. I mean, I will say one time, so I had a prior podcast called not a huge fan and I was, yeah. but this was when I was a normie. Right. So like I had to worry about my career, which was, which was very different because I had to pretend all the time. Right. Yeah. And I went on this other guy's podcast uh, called Unpopular Opinion, which was hilarious because it was like the most normie left wing thing. It was like not unpopular at all. Um, but anyway, so I went on that podcast and afterwards the guy like kind of like recorded a whole episode about me calling me alt right. And uh, I and this was at the time where being labeled alt right would get me immediately fired. So I went after him like legally because I'm a lawyer. So I like I like was like this is total bullshit. Like I'll sue you, blah, blah, blah. But, and so, but in retrospect, I regret doing that because it was hypocritical, right? It's like, if I'm going to view myself as this free speech, no, I'll just say, I can't threaten to sue people. So it's like, I agree with you. I think it's like, it's bullshit. You can't be like, oh, Alex Jones, Alex Jones, and then threaten to sue people for, you know, like you can't do that. If you were to put me on record though, I I don't even like being part of the dissident right or whatever being like, and I call it the derp right. Yeah. But like, 
I I wouldn't, I'm no way a leftist, at least anymore. But uh, when the whole alt-right label started even happening, I was just like, I immediately was like, like, that's not going to be on the train I'm going to be on. (laughs) Hey, man, I grew up in the 90s. I ain't going to put like alt-hyphen shit. It's gay. I already got immediately said it's gay. (laughs) And so that's, that kind of saved me from that label. And it was like, don't call me all right. Like I never even call myself that. So fuck you. If you're going to call, you're going to put that label on me. Yeah. But also that's such a millennial thing to not, or like a, like a millennial zoomer thing about being anti-label, but which, which gives me like some space of deniability, but still, I, again, I've never, I never uh, like, uh, you know, but now it's funny. I used to be like mutuals with like, I was up for a short period. I was mutuals with Richard Spencer, which was even funnier, but like, but then, um, you know, it, it's, well, he doesn't, he don't follow me. Cause he got, he got pissed about my, my arguing with him with like, about the Israel situation. And now he's like taking the whole total shit lib position on it. So, you know, so I, what happened to him? Did he get totally flipped? Like what's the deal with Richard Spencer? I wouldn't know if he was. Like, I don't, I don't know his FBI file, um, but like, you know, I mean, he was totally disgraced after Charlottesville. The alt-right was basically destroyed after Charlottesville, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like there's been ops that will make sure that will never happen again. Yeah. I think, I think within the Republican. Which is unbelievable because it's like a Jewish guy just got killed by a palestinian supporter and are they gonna is that gonna be yeah no no i think i I think there was already these like you could call it zog ops um to make sure to put a leash on this type of movement happening happening within the like the right-wing sphere such bullshit it's like it's it's drives me so insane that like jews in positions of power who are you know people you know again like i I, you know, as a Jew, I have to support these people, you know what I mean? So I can't, I can't deny them, but at the same time, it drives me so crazy that they have made up this fake thing that white supremacists, there's these white supremacists out there. I think that that narrative attacking them, it's like such bullshit. And it's like, you know, they've, it's, I hope that what's happening now has fractured them away from this belief that. This I, fake belief that the the thing that is threatening them is like these random mysterious white people that are somewhere, you know, it's like what I mean, the ADL is like 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 doubling horrible. down with, yeah, with with that with the narrative, but yeah, they yeah. but ironically enough, like what you should know about the ADL was just that they were they were also running informant rings with like fourteen eighty years, like the these neo Nazi types, yeah, uh, doing all this stuff. Uh, like I think the like I would not be surprised at all if the Goyim Defense League. Are are yeah, is actually some years. type of ADL yeah. ADL op. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I have I'm I'm a huge fan of motorcycle gangs and all these motorcycle clubs. They 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 really love like Nazi aesthetics and shit like that. <laughs> um, but it's because they're just like you can't tell them what to do. Yeah, they're really into this whole bro like warrior um, yeah. aesthetic kind of thing. And I don't take it to uh, no. And actually, Jews trying to like ban this stuff is like so stupid it's so obviously like not gonna work look at look at already 10 years ago 15 years ago tell me this do you think 15 years ago like i talked to a mainstream jew now like people like my mom or just like mainstream normal jews they now will say oh yeah with regard these are like lefty lefty jews they'll say yeah you know it's really a bad situation like you know the the palestinians hamas they have a point you know their lives are really bad blah 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 they say this now, 
15 years ago, the last time this happened in 2006, they would not have said that. They would have said like terrorists. They would have just oh, been wow. like, these are terrorists. You know what I mean? Like how we thought about 9-11. It was just like us versus them. They're the terrorists. We're the good guys. Okay. And that would be the mainstream opinion. Look at how far left society has gone on Israel. Now it's like thinking of Hamas as like the good guys is like normal. You oh yeah, I mean? yeah. It's, no, it's, I, I just, so that's such a failure. Like everybody says, "Oh, Israel's so good at PR. Israel's so good at PR." They're horrible at PR. In 15 years, everybody has changed their mind and now hates them. You know, and it's like, look, look what you did. You know, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I'd say so. Here's the funny thing. So if you watch Hell's Angels Forever, yeah, uh, 1983, so on YouTube. Uh, there's just, there's a there's a Jewish member of the Hell's Angels and he's like wearing like all Nazi <laughs> yeah and he was explaining he's like or sorry, or it's like is the Hell's Angels like a neo-Nazi group and they're just like no no just like it's like my, my fucking brother my home just like gave me them just like yeah. it's like wearing shit they're warriors bro and then it's like we're warriors too and I was like okay that makes sense I've said enough sense and it was funny because their defense attorneys were all Jewish <laughs> they were just like these like liberal like Jewish lawyers yeah. um and they and, and they they would you, during the interview, they would talk. You, they would talk to them, and they're just like, "Yeah, I'd say the Hell's Angels. Um, they're, they'd be like, a, like Goldwater Republicans. Yeah, you know, like I mean, they're not really that political. But if you were to like kind of sit them down, you know, their politics are more like Goldwater Republicans. And yeah, you know, that's kind of cool. I always thought that was just like a, one of the like cooler clips in that cl- uh, clip. Yeah. Um, but like politics now is so partisan. I don't think just liberal attorneys would even represent anyone that might come off as too right wing or stuff like that. Um, You know, in terms of politics, we we were living in a very Carl Schmittian time of like the friend foe distinction of institutions that have already been taken by left wingers or like kind of left wing coded dominated or rejecting type of any type of right wing um, uh, sentiments or support. But now it's now the game has already changed again because, you know, you have, you have like the liberal establishment. Uh, they're both, you know, just pro, like relatively, like Zionist pro Israel. They're seeing the the left wing base becoming so anti anti Israel, anti Zionist, uh, whatever the, you could call them, because they've been t- taken over by these like you know diversity hires or um, like the Muslims that know their place in the total pole. We're the victims. We have to like Hamas did the right thing, kind of shit. And I'd say, yeah, um, like liberal Jews in the donor class of the Republican, yes. both Republican. Well, and I don't think the Republicans don't have a really problem because they've they've always they've already known this. But yeah. it's like the donor class, the Democratic yeah, Party, who are Jewish. That's what I mean. It's, it, and so much of that, those patronage networks are funded by these, you know, these liberal Jews who are, you know, New Yorker readers, they're doctors, they're lawyers, yeah. they're, they're, they believe in culture, they love culture, they love education, but they're Zionists, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like in every other way, they're liberal, except when it comes so to the Israel, Israel question. You know the, what I'm saying? Question because, and the, it's like the most selfish fucking thing in the world. It's like, okay, open borders for everybody besides Israel. Because well, I this mean, is my thing. Yeah. And it drives me fucking insane. I, I grew up with these people. The reason why I was the biggest self-hating Jew ever which I was for a very long time is because I grew up with these people and their hypocrisy was so fucking obvious. It's like, it's like, you're such a liberal. Everybody else needs to, you know, drop everything and, and give everything up for Jews or black people or whatever it is, except for us. And we get to do whatever we want. Well, I think, you know, okay, it, it so me so fucking so crazy. It, you, what I know that, but what you realize is that's not what Jews are. That's not what Judaism is. That's just what this 
group of American diaspora Jews has become, unfortunately, you know, but but it's like, uh, you know, that's not what becoming a noticer. But, you know, but but I think that that narrative is also something that like, I guess, like the what what used to be the alt right loves preying on is just kind of Jewish hypocrisy, so to speak. Yeah. But I think I think they're but, you know, but they're familiar with like like the Zionist history, Israel history. And it is actually a country of like multi-ethnic Jews. You're right. Like half yeah, the country are like, like yeah. half, like they can't say it's a white country. The military. Jews. Nobody wants to talk about what percentage Ashkenazi is the military. Probably very low. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Those it's are all Mizrahi. Yeah, Mizrahi, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, those are all like, <laughs> like, dude, I was there and all the people in the military that I met, not one was white. Really? Yeah. No, yeah. They, I mean, yeah. not There's someone. One, no. <laughs> probably some of them would. The officer like, class are like, very Ashkenazi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, <laughs> right. so you no, know, they do have this. They, 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 they do get to say this play. But like in the overall bigger picture, That's is actually, that, I mean, I should is, that I should I should retract. Yeah, it, there was some that are white, but it was definitely like not the norm. Like, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. But it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. Israel itself is is coded as a Western white country. Yeah, right. And you know, and the Palestinian side, they're the un, they're like the press, they're they're victims of colonialism and yeah, stuff like exactly. that. Like the and girl so we just saw have... at the coffee shop, we just saw a girl at the coffee shop wearing a hat saying, "You are You're on native Indian. land. You are on native, native land. land." Yeah, I almost yelled something at her. I yeah, should But like <laughs> you, so you like, but yeah, so that's kind of the narrative set, and that's what's going to continue on, and um, you know. And they're going to, but it's already at the forefront, like things are already changing with like this type of political rad- radicalism. There's also a reactionary um, like pendulum swing in France yeah. um, of, of like vigilant right wing gangs. Now they're going to have their own version of the Proud Boys soon, or they already have. Yeah. And but they're much more nefarious from what I understand. But I can't I hands off. Everyone's like everyone is violent here. Yeah. Like everyone. um and it, like things are going on in Spain, My, I want to just change channel that en- energy into motorcycle gangs. That I, I feel like that has been lost. Now, mo- like if you go the, the demographics of like outlaw motorcycle clubs now, one percent are motorcycle clubs. They're like they're they're a criminal class. A lot of them have huge rap sheets, but they're much older now. They're fought pot bellied beer drinkers. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. I guess they're partiers and stuff like that. But they're all just riding fucking Harleys. And that's all they do. So by by the advent of the sports bikes of the '80s, you had you already had this really cool um, scene of like you know the guys riding Japanese bikes yeah. and doing like um, illegal street racing and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and then it culminated, and then there was like this sort of like halfway group, like the proto group was um, the Rough Riders. Then like when which DMX yeah yeah, yeah like yeah, these yeah. black guys were riding like leader sports bikes yeah. and they kind of they were kind of having that whole pop, patch like cup culture yeah, going yeah, on yeah. and to me that's still too centralized it's still too organized for me or or, or like uh, a too a little too officiated for my liking because mm-hmm. I want groups to kind of go back to much more like just smaller games and stuff like that but I think the natural way of things is that everyone just wants to be part of something bigger so that's that's what so it's that's what's always going on um so i actually wanted to do an alternative history so in not in american culture but there was also japanese outlaw culture and you know as a korean guy it's very interesting because um you know in online culture there's like korea like japanese nationalists that like to shit on koreans for uh 
being like, you know, despite being only like 1% of the population, or I think we're like less than 2% of the population in, in Japan, we're called Zainichi. They like uh, Koreans make up most of the like kind of like the black market economics. So that like, like at least 30% of the Yakuza, like mafia type people, mobsters in, in Japan oh, are, are Korean. Oh, interesting. Um, and they also, they were disproportionately, um, um, joining these motorcycle gangs as well. So the evolution of motorcycle gang culture in in Japan and, and America was, was was kind of different because basically, um, you yeah yeah the motorcycle gangs were more were more kind of like like kind of decentralized cliques now. There there would be like several of them, and then they that motorcycle gang culture peaked in the nine like in nineteen eighty, uh, like over forty thousand members reportedly in these like like these uh hooligan motorcycle gangs causing all kinds of trouble havoc in the streets and it's actually inspired the manga later anime akira people like like the otomoro i forgot his fucking name but he was he expected the future the cyberpunk future of japan still having all these like crazy motorcycle gangs in the streets like dueling feuding and and just like causing a lot of trouble and now japan has become you know their fertility rate has plummeted uh guys the biggest growing subcultures are hikamori shut-ins right, in yeah. online culture i'm actually very horrified that this will happen within america well, it's just everyone yes yeah i mean it's funny that we're talking about the right-wing body brothers. they are the best example of like beautiful ones do you know what a yeah yes one the mouse is? utopia experiment yeah yeah, yeah. wait no, wait what mouse, mouse utopia yeah experiment. mouse utopia yeah yes. yeah 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 dude like they are so obviously beautiful ones you know because yeah. they're just they're like in their little box and they're just like gonna... exercising and they're like perfecting their, their look, um, which, you know, I, again, it's not something that I think is bad, but it is also like a beautiful one's condition. You know, yeah, they're, they're not actually interacting in the world. So they're just like isolated in their little like pen, you know, which is so funny because it's like the whole notion of the steel prison and BAP and, you know, getting out of your your prison and everything is, is great. And I agree with it, but it's funny because it's coming from these guys who in a way are like the most imprisoned or the most long housed. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And it's like, you look at the leftists, dude, I have leftist friends or former friends who are the, you know, not physical specimens at all. And they get laid all the time, you know, whereas it's like, you have these like really good looking incel dudes who never fuck because they're just not, they're not in the world, you know, they're not yeah. in, the, they're not like in the general population. They're just isolated, like on yeah. their own, you know? So you have a, so you already have the beautiful ones already happening in Korea, in South yeah, right, Korea. Exactly. So they it's on butterfly men, so, right? Butterf- yeah, or something butterfly, like that. Yeah, so yeah. they're, they're like, so like Koreans, Korean men, there was a stereotype among Korean men. We were like the most like masculine, yeah. like Italian bros kind of stuff, Italian Guido yeah, type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, whereas the, the Japanese are very effete. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it was the same way because we were no, known to be like the types of guys who would join the Yakuza, join yeah. these motorcycle gangs, Yeah, yeah. Um, which has plummeted. There's like hardly like the... Yakuza are all old men now. Yeah. And um, you know, they're all just kind of getting arrested and they're poor. They're trying to like trying to like hustle a, like some old 40-year-old prostitute for money and they can't <laughs> do that anymore. So it's or like trying to run a gambling when no one cares. And so yeah, so like now Korean men are more like they're the rate of plastic surgery among men have superseded women in south korea we are like koreans or they have already gone through this behavioral sink of becoming the beautiful ones that's amazing 
God. you know, back then, but Jesus. back then, so, but it's also weird. Cause I've, I've heard there's some really bad domestic violence rates among women, like gender relations in South Korea is just really bad. We, we probably do have the lowest fertility rate in the world. Yeah. Although I heard secretly it's probably China, but Ooh. they, the Chinese always like fuck with their numbers. So they don't, right. they don't really tell you how bad it is between them. Although I could say from what I, what I've been told from like white guys who've been to China, like they, they just tell me Chinese men are like the average Chinese guy is very autistic and just antisocial. Uh, they, they, they don't know. They don't you know, speak game, so to speak. And they yeah. just said, yeah, I, I think it's just probably it worse if not if worse than Korea or if anything about how like Chinese men behave with women in terms of trying to get dates. So they're they're just so they're they have to just resort to this mail order brides um, and wow. just like. The, these types of arranged marriages where the like the where the groom's husband has to like give the like the female's family like like a million dollars basically just to marry my son yeah. and and then you know and then she's usually ended up like okay they get married and she just ends up cheating on him or some shit like that wow. yeah. imagine being in that situation i just like i mean hey that's a fit worse than death to me if you're going to be in some arranged marriage and your woman doesn't respect you and she's probably getting dicked by some other guy it's like why would I, okay i'd rather just be an incel and die alone like i don't want to deal with that <laughs> why don't like okay fine give me an incel i choose the incel any day i don't have to worry about yeah, yeah. <laughs> like another leaf. so um so yeah yeah like uh so yeah and anyway so there's this the decline in japanese motorcycle gang culture it, it's hardly there anymore there's actually a good vice stock on it vice vice news report you can just look on youtube I, I recommend people like watching that, but it, it's fascinates to me. It fascinates me because it was this future. People thought there was, that was still going to be there. And we have, we, we are in 2023. Akira was set in 2020 in this like cyberpunk Neo Tokyo future where the motorcycle gangs are like running the streets and they're, they're gone. Yeah. It's all awesome. gone. Wow. Well, let's hope we can bring them back. Uh, I, I like this uh, motorcycle gang nationalism. Maybe that's motorcycle radicalism. Motorcycle, motorcycle radicalism. And, Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, motorcycle radicalism. I like it. All right. How do we wrap this up? What what do what do we uh, where do we? I don't know. Where do people find you? What, yeah, where, just tell me and like just find my ad on Twitter. It's like it's you know nine, at six six, zero, nine. six U K I M A nine. And and but you go by Zuki. Zuki, yeah. But but did you have prior accounts? Yeah, yeah. I had like a an account that was like aesthetic to like Judge Tread and stuff like that. Um, I just posed as a street judge, or you know, that's also like a really cool com comic book influence. Uh, I started out on my account, um, uh, uh, like embracing the aesthetics of uh, Kaneda, who was one of the characters in in Akira, but he's like the motorcycle gang leader of like yeah. the capsules. Um, but then like. Uh, I ended up, but yeah, but before that, I had, I had Judge Dredd as a, I, I was like, really fascinated by about get this. this do, do maybe okay. <laughs> in terms of service, I'm not going to violate terms of service here and oh, in right. uh, on Twitter, but oh, but they don't I, care I, anymore, I, right? I mean, yeah, now, street, yeah. now we're fine. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think somebody's protecting my account. Actually, I don't know. The people like uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be cut. I don't know. There's people that have files on me, and they're probably going to destroy me if I. Get off the plantation anytime soon. How did but you get into this milieu originally, though? Like, this is what I don't get. How did you originally like connect with these people? I was just like, I just got a Twitter account and I just like, um, started like just observed like 
the people within the sphere. So like Richard Spencer was the biggest dude. And you started interacting with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, there were some other uh, accounts within. But I, I'm able to remember some of the lore with some of these people. Yeah, so you go there was you, You've been in the scene for a long time. Like, yeah, sort of. So, yeah, I mean, I shout out to uh, Jacobite Mag with Robert Periani. Oh, Jacobite. Yeah, Jacobite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they were sort of doing really cool stuff. But back, but I got into it because I became familiar with Nick Land. Yeah. And everyone was like, hey, Nick, like, outsideness is fucking Nick Land's eye. I was like, okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. And then, um, yeah, they were able to – they just want to discuss more stuff about, um, like, human biodiversity, uh, like, sexual uh, – what do you call it? Like in terms of the difference between genders, what's the term for that? Like the gender, um, yeah, no, no, no. The, the difference between we have we have like there's just inherent differences differences between men and women. So yeah. it was the gender this dysfunction. Like it wasn't dysfunction. Oh shit! Oh my mom's. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, but it, it becomes when you're when you become like a genetic realist, you know, that was always yeah. like the segue into this type of world. Because world we have to, right, yeah. yeah. Cause it's, it's just really recognizing biological reality. Right. Right. And right. then and so you, many people got here from there. Yeah. It's very, yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And women already have this. Okay. Actually. And that's the thing with like a uh, right wing e-girl phenomenon. Yeah. It's because they've been, they've now totally, I think most of them are still inherently like feminist women. Definitely. But Absolutely. the thing is, um, because of the 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 movement to to basically like accept trannies as their own, yeah. like they're just like, okay, no, this has already gone Screw too this. far. The culture has gone too far. We're not going to be part of this. Yeah. So then the next thing you know, they get entered. They entered like the right wing e sphere, and then they just have a lot of simps. So they like the attention. So yeah. they're staying. Here. Yeah, it's so true, man. It's the simpiest world I've ever seen. Um, all right, dude. Thanks for coming. Appreciate yeah, it. Stay. Wait, don't turn around. Don't turn around. Yeah. Let me stop it.